Welcome to episode 17 of the Corporate Quitters Podcast. Our guest today is Pranana KC. She's a former beauty queen turned kick butt business person. Wait, can I say that? Well, I, I guess I just did, right? So tune in today as we discuss overcoming insecurities, scaling startups, and lessons she learned from working some hard jobs, and a whole lot more. This is one you guys don't want to miss. Pernanda is one of the best people I know. Tune in. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Hey, my friend, what's happening? Hey, that was such a cool intro. I felt like I was in a studio and like jazzing it up. I'm doing good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Well, I mean, did you expect anything less? I mean, I, I am a professional here. Absolutely not. Expected nothing less from you, Robert. But I think it exceeded my expectations a little bit. So that's a good place to start. Well, that's because I set low expectations for you. So, <laughs> all right. So let's begin here. You know what? You, you know, we got to, okay, we got to get serious here. This is the show. We can't be silly with people here. This is putting up gotta, my straight gotta, face. My game face, face is on. All right, you know what? This is how I want to start this. So, tell everyone where you are. So, I am in Nepal at the moment. This is where I was born. I'm in Kathmandu. All right. So, not everybody knows where Nepal is. So tell everyone, where, where is Nepal in the world? So we're in Asia. We're snuck cozily right between India and China. So we're this tiny but a massive hearted nation snuck between India and China. That's where I am. All right. Now, for, for the people watching, we're friends. And so she's going to get mad at me right now. What time is it there? It's... 548 p.m. Right. It's 548 p.m. All right, everybody else, for those of us in the U.S. and those of us in other parts of the world, where I am, it's 7 a.m. in the morning. So for people in New York, it's 8 a.m. For people, you know, in mid mid America, it's what, uh, 6 a.m. And for people on the West Coast, it's 5 a.m. Now, what time is it there again? 548. 548. P.m. Where did that extra 15 minutes come from? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I wish we were ahead that much at work as well. So I don't know what we're doing with those extra minutes. No, but I'm saying like everybody else is like on the hour. You guys put in like 15 minutes there. What's the history behind that? Call the mayor, the governor, the president, somebody. I just need to know. Because every time we talk, I have to sit there and get a calculator and figure out what time it is for you. That's true because um, I worked in India for a very long time and then my my team is also based out of India, some of them. So it's always like for them, it's 12 and very awkward times like 11.45. And it's like 11.30, it's like, no, it's like 11.15, which is, it is an all. I'm going to get an answer to this. I'm going to get an yes. answer to this. Inquiring minds want to know. We want to know. I want to know. So I think you should find out the answer to that. So, all right, you're here sure. with me on the Corporate Quitters podcast, and we've got a lot of people coming in. So let me just take a moment to talk to some of our folks. I got Mr. Larry Long Jr. here. Now, if you guys don't know who Larry Long Jr. is, I got to tell you, Larry is the person who actually encouraged me to post my first video on LinkedIn. And now here I am on a live show. That's 
kind of crazy, right? My man Alaba is here from, uh, I think, Nigeria. And then Amy Goodman is here. I love me some Amy. And Aya says, namaste to you. Nine. Namaste, Aya. How nice. She knows it. We say namaste in Nepal. Namaste, Aya. Exactly. She knows it. So now a lot of people don't know you, but I know you. So let's start off with, let's talk about your family. You are the youngest of how many? So my parents have four daughters and I'm the youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. You're the youngest daughter. So your father had to deal with four, five women in the household. So here's the question everyone should want to know. Does he still have hair on his head? He does. He does. I think he loves that he's surrounded by so much estrogen. I think that's what's keeping him young. He looks very young. It does not look his age at all. So I think it's a good thing. So you're saying that you didn't drive your dad crazy? I mean, maybe I did, but I think that just prepared him to deal with the pressure of the world. So he's just really good at it now. So it reversed worked in some ways. Ah, now you guys see how she was able to flip that around. She does this to me all the time. She's very good. She's very, very good. Hey, set expectations low. I don't want people like really setting expectations high. We're going to do what we do with you. Start low and then really like knock people's socks off. Lower the bar. Right, right. So what was it like growing up in Nepal? Um, It was very interesting. Um, So Nepal is relatively quite an orthodox community, but my parents are quite liberal. And my dad, he literally came from the villages and worked his way up. He learned how to speak English through books, just by reading books himself. So for him to raise four daughters who are feminists and just really outspoken and, you know, like really hard-headed, like we shoot from the hip most of the times just a little so, outspoken yeah just just a little bit not that much but if you compare us to the culture we come from very 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 outspoken so um but that's what it was very interesting to balance that culture so get along with my grandmother and my grandparents and the extended family but at the same time come home to this be ambitious and make sure you're independent and financially independent so to find that balance that was what growing up was like, balancing. Ah, but wait, you, you didn't stay in Nepal long, though, because you went to high school somewhere else. Yes, I did. So I went to high school in India. So uh, Nepal has this history of uh, massive political turmoils. So um, during the time when the monarch was, um, you know, out dethroned, um, the country went into this, there was this um, huge crisis where the country would be shut down for indefinite period. So my parents were like, nope, your education is top priority. We need to make sure you focus on that. So they sent me to a boarding school in India. All right. So secretly they said, we can't handle this one. Let's get her away from (laughs) us. Is that what really happened? I mean, come on, you can tell the truth. Hey, um, no, I think so. A little bit. Yes. (laughs) Just a a little (laughs) bit, right? (laughs) (laughs) They said, you know what? This is the last one. We need an empty (laughs) nest. And she's by far the worst of all. Hey, I have, if they're listening in, they'd be like, God, he, he knows the truth. He knows the truth. Probably so. I'll probably get a gift in the mail from your dad later on. But, uh, you know, whatever you want to send, I'll give you my address offline because we know the truth here. <laughs> so, hey, it could be true. I mean, four daughters is a lot. It's a lot. You know what's funny? People watching are probably like, hmm, they don't know we're like this all the time when we talk. 
yeah, he's never nice to me. I don't know why I agreed to do this. And this is my first ever LinkedIn live. So I just set myself up for failure to some extent, but no, who, no better person to do it with than someone who just makes me feel so comfortable by being mean to me. So yeah. Now, let me, let me just translate that you guys. She's actually being nice right now in front of company. That's really what's happening. She gives, she look, she gives it just as good as she gets it. So she's being nice right now for all of you guys. So now, so, so, so you, you left Nepal because your parents were tired of you. And then you went to India and you finished high school in India. I did. But I did. Now, while in India, though, you became like really good at a, quite a few things. But I want to talk about one particularly. Um, apparently, yes. <clears throat> apparently, you were a really good shooter. Yes, still am. Except the mechanism has changed. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So now tell people, what, what were you good at shooting? So I was a rifle shooter back in my school days. So I won a gold medal in rifle shooting. So what that yeah. means is, gentlemen, don't mess with her. <laughs> I see that a lot. I mean, um, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but having been um, a woman many a times, the single woman in a room full of men, the number of times I've just had to joke about it and sneak it in just so people can steer clear. It's worked. Yeah. It's worked. Did, did you get a gold medal, though? I did. Ah, so, OK, here's what you do then. In the workplace, you just walk around with the gold medal around your neck. You don't even have to say a word at that point. You just kind of strut into the room with the <laughs> You just strut into the room with the gold medal around your neck, and that just says it all. No one will. It would be a good mind. look, you know. Instead of a tie, I'll just replace a gentleman's tie with like a gold medal, and just make sure that I highlight, like with neon colors, the rifle shooting. Yeah, I think we've got a good fashion accessory here now. Absolutely. So Why didn't I think of this earlier? I'm just sad I didn't think about this earlier. That's because I'm the brains of the outfit. Got Which it. means we're really in trouble here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, not for fashion, at least. But but you know what? So so okay. So aside from rifle shooting, there was another kind of shooting that you did, though. Mm -hmm. So I played basketball. So when I actually went to India, I did not play any kind of ball. So no 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 football, no basketball, nothing. And I had this really hardcore coach. It's like he walked out of one of those movies. He was intense. Look, he really was like a typical coach from any movie. You take it. And then that was him. And then he was just like, he looked at me and he goes, you're going to play for me. And I was like, okay, really scared. I almost wore just then. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be very careful. And I was like, what happened okay. to the halo? Yes, back to the halo. So I'm going to remember it. But All right. Yeah, we'll have to tell people what that is in a minute. But yeah, so, so this coach recruited you to play basketball and you had no basketball skills at all? Absolutely none. It's kind of like Shaq then, right? I mean. Ooh. Uh, he said it, but it was, he made like, but it, I, I, I tend to focus on that a lot with my messaging on the posts that I do on LinkedIn. It is so much hard work. Like people usually when they hear our stories, it's like, okay, I didn't play any basketball. And then I played for the uh, state level. Uh, but they don't, we practice six hours a day, at least, at least six hours a day, seven days a week. It was hard. Like I have um, a ligament That's there like a on job. my ankle. It, it really is. My knees have like scars 
and my ankle has like ligament tears or I fractured my hand. But it's six hours a day, seven days a week. So it's a lot of work. But did you really get good at basketball? How good were you? I mean, I played for the district. So before the state, like the nationals, you have the, the level right below nationals. That's how, and India, you know, is a very competitive nation in general. And schools, it, school life is, that's where it begins. Like you learn about competition from day zero. So for me to have reached that point was a pretty big deal. Because I was a minority in India too, right? And I'm, I'm relatively quite tall for an Asian in general, let alone for a Nepali. So that was interesting. So how tall are you? I'm actually just 5'8", five, 5 feet 8 inches. She says just 5'8". I understand why they recruited you for basketball. So they made you into a really good player is what they did. Pretty much, pretty much. But I also, um, I found love for it. So something about me is I cannot do anything if there's no passion behind it, which you'll see as you move further in my story. Oh, yeah. But I follow my heart a lot. So if you just make me do something that I don't want to do, I will fail at it. I will intentionally fail. I will not do it. You cannot make me do something I don't want. So I found love for basketball. Do you still play ball? No. When? When do we get time? Like, when is the time in the day? See, I was going to challenge you to a one-on-one, -on -one, but since you no longer play, I'll, I'll spare you. <clears throat> oh, yes, because that's why. You know what? I'm going to take it on. Whenever we meet, whenever this uh, this horrible pandemic ends, I'm going to fly there just so we can have a one-on-one -on -one match. It's uh -huh. on, Robert. It's on. And you get you guys heard it. You you got you all heard it. And then you can laugh after she spanks my butt. Um, I'm. You know, I, honestly, I was never good at basketball. Football was more so my sport. I, I was always terrible at basketball. Always terrible. Hey, check this out. We got Philip Horn here. And Philip says that I'm the annoying older brother you never had. <laughs> I agree with you, Philip. I agree <laughs> with you. Now, now Lolo is here. And Lolo says, guns and a house of estrogen. The gold medal has a whole new meaning. <laughs> and in that case, I think your dad gets the gold medal. He really does. He really does. He's a very patient man. I mean, he's had to be. Um, during that time of the month, he's just stayed out of the house. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to go. I have like a lot of work and <laughs> come home. He had to be very patient. I don't know any of the others, but I know you. So <clears throat> yeah, just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> now, Shri says that she's betting on you. Shri, Ooh. I would make that bet if I were you. With you, Shri. Women's hashtag women supporting women. <laughs> oh God. Now you know yes, what here's what's funny though. Martin says that would be a great show. That actually would be a great show because honestly, you would kick my butt. I'm not a good basketball player. I'm not backtracking. I am full game here. <laughs> I'm fully game. Of course you are. Of course you are. So look, but you know what? Okay. So mm -hmm. now. We've talked about up to high school. I'm really curious because after you graduated high school, just tell everybody where you moved to after high school. Just, I, I can't even say it. I think everyone just has to brace themselves because this is going to come as a shock, if, especially oh, yeah. if you don't know me at all. So I moved to the States, but of all the States and all the cities, you will not believe where I landed. All right, you know what? Let's, let's stop right here. Everybody who's listening, 
Guess where she moved to in the States? Just drop it in the chat. I want to see who can get it right. And, you know, some people may have already peeked at your profile and may follow you and they may already know. But I'm curious if anyone can guess out of all the places, because you got to think about it. She's coming from India. She could go to New York. She could have gone to Miami. She could have been down in South Beach. She could have gone to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. She could have gone to L.A. She could have been a star in Los Angeles, California. Philip says Alaska. <laughs> My buddy Joe says Iowa. And Martin says he's fully braced for the answer. No one has gotten it right yet. I'm just curious to see if anyone can actually guess where you moved when you moved to the States. Because it's going to be a surprise. Hey, there's Joe. Hey, Joe. Joe says Montana. Joe, Ooh. not even Montana. <laughs> Stop looking so disappointed. Okay. <laughs> uh, He's like, not even Montana. Andy <laughs> says Warrington. And Shree says Minnesota. Now, um, let's just say uh, Minnesota would have been somewhat of an upgrade. Here's what I'm going to say. My friend Pozo cheated because Pozo got it right. Pozo said Ooh. Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. win the prize. You win the imaginary prize. The recognition. Oh, believe me, Pozo is going to email me later and she's going to ask for something. She's going to ask should. for a prize I mean, for getting it right. Absolutely. And she should win something. Hey, Rob, like I should get something. She should get something. Just wait, why should you get something? For putting up with you live <laughs> <laughs> for people and putting a straight face. Like this is difficult. I think I should get something for putting up with you. Now, Pozo well, says she... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, see, people, this is how he treats his guests. Right. Did you really Pozo guess says that? she didn't cheat. Ooh. She should really win something because you're right on the money there. Right on the money. Yeah. So the question, why Kentucky? Out of all the places in the U.S., why Kentucky? Um... For various reasons, but the main reason really? was I got a scholarship there and I wanted, um, I've always been ambitious in my life. So the first college that just offered me a scholarship, I just jumped at it. So I, there was a point where I, I was like, you know, what do I want to do next? I was talking to my parents about working for a bit, but my parents were like, no, apply. And my sister had gone to this college as well. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to apply and I'm just going to wait before I even look at universities. So I applied to this liberal arts college. In, and in Kentucky, you will not believe this. So there's Louisville. And so, you know, there's Lexington. There are bigger cities. Oh. I went to an extremely small town um, in Kentucky, too. So um, let's just say I was the only second Asian person in the college. And that, too, was not born in the States. So uh, when it comes to minority, I was, you could pick me out anywhere and <laughs> everywhere. It was like a double minority. Like, I'm so sorry. Yes, yes. Double minority. Yeah, yeah. It, well, triple. International student, uh, Asian woman, and just Kentucky. Uh, wait, let me, let me go back to something you just said, though. You said it was the first school that offered you a scholarship. So, you, like, the bar was... You weren't real picky, right? Just the first school here. 
Yes, because I actually wanted to wait till I applied for universities because, of course, I wanted to sit down and, you know, go through the whole process. And it's unlike U.S. And when I was in India and boarding school, we don't start from when you are in school. Like you don't start the college application process and there's no, um, you know, headhunters coming in and doing the interviews and doing the rounds. You don't have any of that. So I wanted to take my time. And there was a point where I was like, maybe I want to relax a little bit. I am ambitious. I know, but maybe I shouldn't start this early. But Hey, I got in and I was in Kentucky. So and it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. Very interesting. All right. So so academic or athletic scholarship? Academic. Ah, okay. Academic scholarship to a small college in Kentucky where you were the second Asian to, to be in the college. So what? All right. All right. I, I just got to ask because I'm sure everybody's thinking it. Maybe I'm the only one thinking it. What's the strangest thing that someone said to you? At the college, I mean, considering you were the only Asian, you were an international student. What's the craziest thing someone said to you while you were there? Um, I have a lot, but the one that always stands out in my head is, "So you live in an igloo?" I I always said yes. I was like, "How did you know? How did you know?" I mean, not a lot of people know that. Wait a minute, wait. Why did you say yes? Because, they, okay, could they tell you were being sarcastic? No, no, let's go back to the first question. Why did you say yes? Um, why not? I was so much fun. <laughs> just like, for someone to ask that question itself, it's just like, really, like, who does? Like, in this day and age, who does live it? It's just, so I just went along with it. Well, but, but they, okay, they didn't understand where you were from. They probably didn't Google Nepal and so they were confused. And so you made it even more confusing. Quite fun, though. Don't get me wrong. Quite fun. But still even more confusing. But but wait, is, is there a thing with uh, 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 Nepal being associated with igloos? Like, I've never heard that before. Is that is that a thing? Because like, um, uh, there are a lot of mountains here. So we have Mount Everest here, the tallest peak in the world. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But where does the igloo come in? Like, So mountaineers live in igloos. Where there's ice, there's igloo. Don't ask me. I I don't know what this. I, and also, I don't want to tap into that frame of mind, like where that question just like comes out of your mouth and you literally ask somebody that and you wait for a response. Okay, so wait. Do you know anyone who's ever lived in an igloo? Like, absolutely not. I guess I'm trying to get inside the mind of a Kentuckian to figure out where that question came from. Like, I. When I think igloo, I think like Antarctica or Alaska. I don't think Nepal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it does get worse. Um, I, I've, I've been asked a lot of questions. There is, okay, I, I'll mention this one. There's someone who asked me, why do I feel cold? And there was a second person who asked me the same question. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I, I don't know if I should, uh, yeah. So I do I don't even want to put myself in that mind frame, but I have to tell you this. Um, the thing about Kentucky for me was I met some of the nicest people there, like the Southern hospitality. I was yeah. treated to it. I did gain the freshman uh, 15. I gained like weight uh, for the first time. I was eating like crazy. I have never seen such huge portions. So I like, like I, I can't do a Southern accent. So I'm so sorry, like pumpkin pie. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to ask you to give me your best Southern accent, so I'm glad no, you... Please would. don't. Please no, don't. No, I don't want to offend anyone. Like, I'm you the worst at accents. I'm from the South. I won't be offended. <laughs> I know. That's why. I was like the last person I want to do this in front of. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Your, your best Southern accent. Really? Please. You're going to put me on the spot here? Of course oh, I am. 
I, I knew I'd regret being on this. Okay. No, I really got, you know, this is not really Southern, but the one that really sticks out to me, you know, like the um, diner in the middle of the free, like highway. Cause I lived in, so we call it freeway. And then they're chewing gum and like Nas, what relax, sweetie. Just Wait, what? <laughs> no, that's it. Like, all I know is they sing their songs. Like, it's like, it's just not just nice. It's like Nas. Like, it's like. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and, and it, it's. Yeah. Well, everything is slower in the South. People mm-hmm. talk slower, walk slower. Everything is just a whole lot slower. That's just, that's just how we do it, you know? I'd use relaxed more than slower. Relaxed just sounds much more, much better. You're, you're being nice, yes. It was like really nice people. I like I found there are people who just were like, you know, invited me to their home during Christmas, Thanksgiving. It was just like an extended family. Like I am so glad that I actually ended up in Danville, Kentucky. So But look, so let's let's go back to our audience for a minute because there's some people that can actually relate to your experience. My man Martin says, like when he used to get asked if they had elephants for pets in Africa <laughs> or how he learned to wear shoes. This is really bad. That that, really? that is really, really bad. That's oh god. That is yeah. real bad. Hey, and our friend Rollis is here. Rollis says, Hey, hey, Rollis, my man. Good to have you here. Good to see Hi, you. <laughs> Look, and Aya says, hopefully I'm saying your name right. She says, Oh my God, I can't stop laughing. You both are <laughs> energy boosters. Look, this is <laughs> thank you, Aya. We appreciate you being here and listening to uh to our you know, banter, really. <laughs> this is, honestly, this is just normal. <laughs> really is. People don't understand. This is normal. And my friend Bonita Lee says that she gained 15 pounds in the South, too. Relate. I mean, steak, Philly, or oh, chocolate chip cookies. I could go on. Go on. Oh. Pies. Like, I've never had so many pies in my life. Yeah, so and there's good. all kind of pies, right? There's mm. lemon pie, lemon meringue pie, pecan pie, or pecan, depending on where you are, right? It's either pecan or pecan can you please say pumpkin pie pumpkin pie like in in your most southern accent well you got well i mean pumpkin pie in the south you got to take the 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 m out and replace that with an n it's like pumpkin pie pumpkin pumpkin something like that my southern accent is is not that great either you know um Mm -hmm. but but yeah so i just i just find that funny that out of all the places you could have gone new york los angeles anywhere you Dead smack in the middle, not even Louisville or Lexington, Kentucky. You went to mm-hmm. a very small city in Kentucky and um, you, you kind of survived. And then you decided to to leave early. I did. Um, so I am someone who follows their heart. Um, and I wanted to, like I mentioned, I am ambitious. I've always been. I've always dreamt big. I've always had my head has always been bigger than, you know, anything that's possibly potential or what is real in front of me. So I wanted to start working very early on in my life. <clears throat> so I, my sisters at that point, so one of my sisters, she was in America at that point, and my two other sisters, they were in Australia. Like you mentioned, my dad and mom made sure that he had gotten rid of all of us. He's like, go as far as you possibly can. Okay, great. Kentucky sounds great. Just go. <laughs> so I decided to move to Australia. And this is another crazy thing. In Australia, I didn't go to Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide. I ended up in Perth, which is like the Danville. Well, 
it's bigger and better in some ways. Though I love Danville, I always have a soft spot for it, a soft spot for it. But I ended up in Perth, so. But wait, mm-hmm. you left college though after which year? My freshman year. So I was only there for freshman year. Notice the difference. So after I gained my fifteen pounds. Yeah, after I gained 15 pounds, I was like, no more. I'm going to get up. <laughs> so that means you gave up a full scholarship, though. I really did. Now, it, I actually had that? to put up a fight with my parents because I was like, I'm following my heart. And they were like, are you crazy? Like, who's going to pay for your tuition? Do you know how much it costs? And I said, and, you know, in Kentucky, I was very blessed. Like, with my with my scholarship, I actually got a job as well at the library um, and it was a full ride scholarship, so it was extremely easy. So I actually had extra money coming in. So, yeah. Yeah, but that. who gives up a full scholarship to college? You know what? Let, let's let's go. Yeah, yeah, Panania. Yeah, you do. Let, let's go back to the audience for one minute, though, because this is getting funny. My friend Joe says Kentucky Fried Chicken. I, I don't know why that one didn't even come to me. <laughs> actually, okay, Joe, I will tell you the craziest story. So this is really funny. I never had KFC in my life, even when I went to Kentucky. And this is where it gets crazy. Like you, you will find this really interesting. So when I flew to Australia from Kentucky, I had like the longest flight ever because I was a student. So of course I picked the longest route possible. So when I landed in Sydney, the only thing that was open was guess what? Don't don't say it. <laughs> no no joke. Like I'm not even kidding. So never at KFC while I was in Kentucky, like dead in the middle of it. And then when I flew to Australia, like I landed in Sydney, the only thing open was a KFC. So I probably had the worst KFC ever from <laughs> like the worst franchise. But yeah. You know, it probably was still the same. I mean, you know, the colonel has his seven herbs and spices, and I'm guessing they don't change. Now, Rollis says, don't forget about the apple pie. I don't know how we could forget about apple pie. It's like American is apple pie. And hey, Jenny is here, and Jenny says her two favorite people. Are they like- Hi, Jenny. (laughs) And Lisa is here. Lisa says, follow your heart. You know what? Always, Lisa. No, don't you ever give up another four-year scholarship again. I bet that's what your dad said. He, oh, it it actually, I did the same thing in school. So, sorry, just quickly. So, even in school, I actually, I got into this really good school called Woodstock. And it's very difficult to get in, but I didn't go. So, I gave the admissions test and my my dad was like, just do the test because he just wanted to convince me. So, I did and I got in. Didn't go. And you said your dad still has a full head full of hair. It does. Because, you know, Robert, it keeps getting worse. Like my life, as you said, follow your heart. I did that way too often, way too much. So, but it landed me here on your corporate quitters. So I, I did clearly something right. Now, I don't know if that's actually saying a lot. I mean, <laughs> just, <laughs> just that that might be a low point in your life right there. I mean, I don't, hey. Can I get some audience support here? This is just not done. Jenny, can I get some support here? <laughs> I don't know if being here with me is the high point of your life. I mean, if that's your high point, you, we, we got to do some other things. We got to get you some other experiences because that, no. But 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 no, so, so, okay, so you gave up this scholarship and here you mm-hmm. are now. You find yourself in Australia and you didn't go to Sydney. You didn't go to anywhere sexy in Australia. You went to Perth. No. 
But I'm guessing that you had a really good time in Perth. Uh, you could say so. I mean, you could say so. But did, did you get back in school, though? I did. Of course I did. I'm, I'm Asian. Can you imagine? <laughs> My parents sort of disowned me. They're like, fine. The most you push it is you go to a different country. But you know what? There's a degree. You're going to get me censored on LinkedIn. They're going to push Hey, I'm just speaking the truth here. I'm sure people will agree. And there's yeah. a stereotype, but there's a reason. So Now, I told you we were going to have to be semi-serious. Right now, you've just blown all that up. <laughs> but wait, so but, but now the scholarship is going now, so you have to pay for college now, though. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? Never mind. You followed your heart. I got it. Okay. I heard that you followed your heart. So you followed your heart. You gave up this scholarship. Did you even try to get another scholarship, like playing basketball or something? No, I mean, Australia, it's extremely difficult. So the only scholarship you actually get is for your master's degree or PhD is extremely easy to get a scholarship for PhD. Uh, But for for like undergrad degree is um, next to impossible. So now like one of your jobs in Australia, though, you were a pizza artist. Mm hmm. What the heck is a pizza artist? Someone who makes pizzas. Just wanted to make it sound better for my own sake. I was like, hey, I was an artist at some point. Look, I'm sitting here thinking you're going to tell us there was some special technique. Maybe you did like pizza in the shape of um, um, uh, what's the Sydney Opera House or something. Um, No, no, that would just be weird. Why would that be? Okay, wait, no. What's weird is saying that you were a pizza artist and then it not being creative. That's what's weird. Okay, to be to be completely fair to me, not to anybody else, because it doesn't matter. It's like at least I was creative with the name itself. Like I was right, creative wait, wait. with the name itself. So All I right, guess so let, let, let's talk about this for a minute. I want you guys to understand she just told us that we didn't matter, because just to be fair to herself, not for us. <laughs> <laughs> because you know when sometimes you put something you're like i want to feel good about this so you just you just put it so i have to share this i mean i entered my 30s very recently and i this is some this has been like a blessing that 30s has brought to me it's like i care less now which has taken a long time so i just embrace it a little bit too much if you ask me but hey embracing it just, yes. just a little bit hey you know what though Someone has made a really good suggestion. You got to write a book. Ooh. Oh, Jenny. Who's going to read it? <laughs> well, Jenny will read it. So that's one person. Hey, I'll buy a copy to support you. I probably won't read it. I'll just kind of throw it. Oh, thanks, Rob. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just, I would definitely read it. So that's two people. You got two. That's, that's incredible. But you know, they... To be completely honest, this is not the first time I've heard it. I'm sure. Seriously. In, in all seriousness, I'm sure. You know, they say that the average author only sells about, it's something like less than 20 copies of their book. Really? Yeah. So you've got two people already. You just got to recruit 18 more folks and you'll be good. So whoever's listening, please buy the book that I have not written. But there's nearly an audience out there of two people. So just join You know me. what? You could put it on pre-sale right now and see how. 
we should have thought about this earlier. Jenny, we should have just gotten on a call and strategized this better. How can I get the most out of this? Yep. Next time. Yep. Yeah, you know, Jenny is Jenny. You know what? Honestly, Jenny is always full of really good ideas because you guys, Jenny doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be one of the next guests within the next three or four weeks. <clears throat> just slips that in. You see what he does here. You just get roped in and you don't even realize and you're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Jenny, she's already she's already, you know. So right now we put her on the spot. So if you guys you guys watching and listening, if you want to see Jenny here. Just go ahead, type a Jenny in the chat for me. Let me know if you want to see Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. Jenny, Jenny. She's in. I I know her. She's like the nicest person ever. So she really is. For sure. No, (laughs) no, Jenny, Jenny is fine. Jenny's real nice, but Jenny will come on. Hey, but Martin said he'll buy one. So that's three people. Just 17 more to go. Say again. I just said thank you. I mean, oh. this is incredible. Yeah. I mean, so right now I'm getting pre-sales for your book that you've not written yet. Or thought about, really. Or, or even thought about. This is great. So look, you guys, right now you're you're watching, listening to the Corporate Quitters podcast. My guest is Prananya KC. She is probably one of the best people I know. We have a good time together. And you know what's funny? We've never met in person. So um and every time we talk, she gives me a hard time. Can't you tell? I think we all know who's giving whom a hard time, but sure, it's me. Sure. <laughs> all right. So we were just talking about how she was born in, the, in Nepal. Her dad wanted to get rid of her. So he sent her to a boarding school in India. After just terrorizing that country, she decided to move to the U.S. for college. Now, instead of going to like L.A. or New York or even South Beach for college, she went to a very small town in the middle of Kentucky. But she is very, very smart. So she got a scholarship to college. Now, while she was in college, she gained the freshman 15 and that made her so mad. She decided to leave her scholarship behind and she moved to Australia where she became a pizza artist, which required absolutely no artistic flair at all. I mean, have you made pizza? Like, do you know, like the a portion of sauce, the cheese, um, you know, what topping, how much, like whether pineapple is fair or not. Like, you know, it, it's it's a lot like anchovies. It's a lot of thought. It, it is I mean, a lot. But while we're here, while we're here. OK, the pineapple discussion, pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Ooh. No. What? Just no. Just, okay, why? Just, I mean, it's sweet. That's it. Okay, that's my that's my argument. Okay, that, fair enough. No pineapple on pizza. All right. So look, let let's go back to the audience for just one moment because because <clears throat> Jenny, my friend Michael Jenny. said Jenny. <laughs> Martin says Jenny. Philip, Jenny. Jenny. So, Jenny, Jenny? no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. I guess you know what that means, though, Jenny. We'll be scheduling your time real soon, my friend. (laughs) She's going to kill me. She is. Yeah, she she is. Thankfully, she's thankfully she's in Sweden and she can't kind of, you know grab me by the neck 
I think you've been very strategic about this. He just picks people who are really far from him, who probably won't get to him anytime soon. So it's, it's just strategy, really. Strategy, that's right. Yeah, that's what it is. You have to strategize in life. Hey, so look, let, let's talk about Australia a little bit more, though, because you had a bunch of different jobs in Australia. What, what was the best job you had there? Ooh, um, this is actually a really, it's a tricky one. I'll tell you why. So having given up a scholarship, um, of course, I the, the deal was I told my parents, I'm going to pay for my own tuition, so don't even worry, uh, which bit me in the ass. Oh, they didn't worry. You were going to pay for your own tuition at that <laughs> point, yeah. <laughs> which bit me later, whatever. Again, uh, you know, keeping it clean. But um, I, I did. I had about like three jobs um, at a given time, always to make um, ends meet. And tuition was very expensive. Uh, the job that actually kickstarted my corporate career was Vodafone. So I literally printed two hundred resumes, went to every mall, um, dropped my resume, and that's how I got the job. I was there for six years. Um, my last position there was I was a business development manager for Western Australia. But during that time, like I mentioned, I had at least three jobs at a given time. So one of the jobs that but the job that's closest to my heart, because I, I cleaned offices. I was a hostess in this really fancy French celebrity restaurant called Bistro Guillaume. And, you know, I like did a lot of things. I was like a door-to-door salesperson. I did telecom sales. But the job that's closest to my heart from Australia is I did this project for this um, center called the Women's, Fa- Women's Family and Health Services. What they did was basically help in rehabilitation of domestic violence survivors and kids. And I did a project there. And um, it was eye-opening, to say the least. Uh, but it's the one closest to my heart. But that was my Australia journey for six years. So what what touched you the most about that job? Um, I think the craziest part was I'd never worked with children. So I've always been uh, coming from a country like Nepal. Of course, I'm, I'm very aware of the disparity that exists, of the social disparity, the gender disparity. You name it, I've experienced it. Um, but and I've also seen poverty very like firsthand. Right. But um for me to have to work with children who are um, survivors, really, that's what we called it then, still do, of domestic violence, of their behavior and how it shapes them. Um, some of them going on to become perpetrators, that whole cycle. Um, we went from very light mood to very dark, like very heavy real quick. But that was the closest to my heart But because seeing the impact, that's something that is just well-planned, well-sought-out, and especially with a lot of heart, that kind of impact that it can have on breaking that cycle is immense. So it was it was one of those jobs that really made me realize the power that you really have if you put your heart and soul into something. You can change. You can change the world, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And I know you've had a lot of uh, high-powered jobs, but you always say that those aren't the ones that touched you the most and left you with the most life lessons. Absolutely. Because um, I think, um, you know, having reached a certain point in my career today, um, so, so you know, I was the CEO for a company here. And the thing that that job needed the most for me as a CEO was what I learned when I was doing sales like that telecom sales. And so I used to sell solar panels over the phone phone to retired Australians. Um, 
don't ask me to do an Aussie accent. I'm really bad at it. But that's why I think I have a very funny accent because you can't place me very easily. Um, but yeah, I did those. And what needed, what needed, what was needed the most out of me as a CEO was patience, that grit, that wanting, that flexibility of doing whatever is needed for for you to get it done. That all came from doing those jobs and just really putting my ego aside because you are not as important as the main mission and the goal. So, and you can only do that if you really put your ego aside, which is never easy. Yeah. Well, and, and solar panels over the phone, that, that had to be a real interesting thing, but didn't you, didn't you do door-to-door sales too? I did. I sold Red Cross charity door-to-door. So I'd only get paid commission. If I, if I close any sale, I'd get paid commission. So, whew. That was interesting. Wait, so how, yeah, how did that work? You would ask him for donations, just going door to door asking for donations. So no, you like you actually sign up for like the entire year. So you give like ten dollars, twenty dollars monthly. So uh-huh. we get paid commission if we sign someone up for the entire year. And it was interesting. So we'd get dressed. It was a little dodgy now that I think about it. So mostly girls, um, really nicely dressed. And we would go and, uh, you know, like really the com- like the commercial buildings and like, you know, the factory workers, we used to uh-huh. go to those places. And yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think that, some of you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, that is very interesting. We'll just kind of leave that at that. Yeah, uh, lighting it away. <laughs> Oof. Okay, <clears throat> let me. Moving on. Yeah, moving right along, (laughs) moving right along. So, but, okay, so why did you leave Australia? Because now you're you're like, hey, I got to leave Australia. You have too many jobs? (laughs) I was like, this is too much. No, um, again, like I mentioned, I have a history of following my heart. Um, So this is a little bit of a crazy story. Um, I, like I said, I am a dreamer. When I was a young girl, imagine I was a young girl growing up in a country like Nepal. And uh, when I was eight years old, I remember um, in my room, I had this uh, interview sort of setting. And I was to pretend I'm giving interviews. It, like basically Oprah was interviewing me. So, yeah. Yes. Whoever wants to laugh, laugh. That was just me. I still am that way a little bit. But um, when I was in Australia and I was doing that job. So with Vodafone, because my career was progressing so well. Uh, they were going to sponsor my PR. And I, in my head, I was like, is this going to take me to my goal? Is this going to help me leave a mark in the world? And it wasn't. But it was, a, was it a comfortable life? Yes. Was I get, getting paid really well? Yes. But I was like, okay, this is not going to help me leave a mark. So there's this one documentary that I used to watch. Um, it is, this is very intense. Again, um, this documentary is called The Day My God Died. Um, it's about... Uh, the rescuing of, uh, you know, the pro- like women from prostitution rings in India and um, bringing them back to Nepal. So I used to watch that a lot because I did not want to become apathetic, like really disconnect from the world that I actually was born in. Um, because the truth is, you let alone, so there's, there was domestic violence, there were friends who were going through this. So I was like, if I go back to Nepal, I can probably make a difference because everyone is leaving. So I was like, okay. Well, do I take the PR and get signed up with this company for many years? Or do I leave now? That was the decision in front of me. And guess what I picked? Of course, the one that was hard and had my heart in it. So, yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, it, it really is, in all seriousness, it really is an amazing story because you started life in Nepal and you left and explored and you like you really explored. You've lived a good like you've lived an exciting life. I don't know if you realize that or not, but you you've lived an exciting life. And then because you saw things that you've accumulated throughout your life could help Nepal, you decided to move back. Um, and I know you talk about how hard that was because a few minutes ago you said that you have this this funny accent. I will tell you to the rest of the world, it's not really funny. It's just you. But I, um, you talk about it a lot and how it created some insecurities in you. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Um, it was more, it was not fitting in anywhere. Because you see, as soon as someone, like as humans, what we want to do is we want to put you in a box because we want to understand you. As soon as they can't, it's too much. Like they don't want to deal with it. You're adding an unnecessary challenge into their difficult lives. So when people hear me, um, they find it difficult to place me because it's neither Australian, it's neither American, it's neither Nepali really, or neither Indian. So these are the cultures that I was impacted by. But it's none of those. So you're they're like, oh, um, I just read Benita's uh, comment. It is, it's true. So um, the, it's not so much insecurity, but it was just finding my place in the world. So one thing about like, there was a point in my life that I used to call myself a global citizen a lot because people didn't understand, like I wasn't Nepali enough, but I wasn't Asian enough. So something that used to be told to me in Australia was, but you're not Asian, like you're fake Asian. This like they literally, all my colleagues used to call me fake Asian. They didn't mean it in a bad way. It was just saying, you know how you make fun of your friends. So I didn't take it that way, but what that led was, where do I fit in? I'm not Asian enough and I'm not Indian. Because as soon as you think not Asian, but Asian, you think Indian. We didn't fit in there. I wasn't Nepali enough either because I wasn't very cultured in a Nepali way. I was outspoken and I was bold and I was confident. I was tall. So people found it really difficult to place me. So it was me trying to find my place in the world. Like, who am I? Like, where does my identity really? Because my thought was always, uh, you know, when I introduce myself, it's always like, hi, I'm Pranana. And people usually ask, where are you from? And I say Nepal. So, hi, I'm Pranana. I'm from Nepal. So, you always think that somehow in Kentucky, it's okay. In, in Perth, it's okay. But if I go back to Nepal, it'll be, I will not have to say that anymore. But as soon as I came to Nepal, it was actually a lot worse. Because people are, were like, are you pretending? Are you trying to have an accent? Are you trying to not fit in because it's better to be this, you know, Americanized version of yourself, this Western version? So... It was not so much insecurities, but it really pushed me to a point of finding who I am and really being secure in that itself. Yeah. Now, that that is very interesting. And, you know, Jenny actually says that she uh, she has the same issue. She's a hybrid global citizen, too. Oh, and she said she that's why she sees you as her sister. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I feel you, Jenny. I mean, it, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be exposed and to really experience so many cultures. I mean, it's it's been a blessing and I'm absolutely blessed and I'm very grateful for that. But the downside of it is always finding, like trying to, there is, okay, I'm not gonna try to, there's a, there's a particular word for it, but it's always finding that place. Yeah. You know, what, what I think is interesting too, though, I've heard you talk about the struggles in Nepal. Uh, I've heard you talk about it more than once, but for all the criticism that they wanted to give you, they actually 
put you in a beauty contest or you put yourself how did that happen Let, let's just talk about that let's just go ahead and talk about that i'm gonna i'm gonna go hide i'm also while i speak i'm just gonna turn on the light as well because i realize it's getting dark and i just look like does it look like a halo now um beauty pageant okay this is really interesting um i okay I, i'm going to be very honest and raw here um I, the reason I hesitate telling people beauty pageant, there are two reasons. One is because I have never derived any confidence whatsoever in my life from how I look. And I don't do this to fish for compliments, but I don't think I'm like the traditionally beautiful or pretty or any one of those compliments. I prefer someone calling me smart and intelligent and funny. <laughs> funny, <laughs> witty, maybe. Funny-ish. Like, Funny-ish tries to be funny. But it's these are things I always feel like they'll stay with me my entire life and I can work on it. But if when someone compliments me on, like anyone on their beauty, it's not within your control in any way. There's nothing you can do about it. It's given and that's it. Um, but so I've never driven, like derived any sort of confidence from that. So that's number one. And second is people don't take you seriously. So I've been in the corporate field for 12 years now and people don't take you seriously. So beauty pageant is a little bit of a, a, you know, a touchy subject for me, but I did. And I wear it very proudly now because I think I've done enough in my career, proven enough to say that I've broken, I broke the mold that you really, that, that stereotype. But beauty pageant was actually my parents uh, because uh, Miss Nepal is a huge deal. And my parents were like, okay, you're so smart. You, you speak so well. Um, you're tall. You, you, of course, they think I'm beautiful because they're my parents. So they're like, go, do it. And I I never say no to a challenge, really. So I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to gun for it. And I did. Um, so, yes, I was in Miss Nepal 2014. I lost. But guess what I won? The only saving grace that I have in my life my personality so i was miss personality but but so let's hold right here for just a minute though because if you think about everything that you said about beauty and you didn't want to be judged based on beauty and all that good stuff while in the pageant you came in fourth place but you actually did win miss personality i did so think about how fitting that really is in the grand scheme of things and who you are and who you want to be and how you want to be portrayed in the world. It's pretty interesting. It is. I mean, uh, you know, um, I, this is this is going to sound outrageous, but as you can tell, I have this uh, very childhood love for Oprah because she was just someone who just like she's just a little bit. She's left an impression on this uh, brown girl sitting in front of her TV and watching. Um, um, so what it was, was I remember right before the, like, you know, when they announced the top five. So right before the last question, um, I was so confident because I would never get into something unprepared. And, you know, of course, I wanted to win until the top five. So right before top five, as I was getting changed into my gown, this fancy gown that you wear, which I still can't imagine because it just sounds crazy because it's so unlike me sometimes. Um so I was watching the last year's winner get ready. And, you know, she had this whole squad getting her all glammed up and putting the crown on her head. And I just could not imagine myself there. And I just thought to myself, you know, if I was to become someone great tomorrow, I have no failure story till date. Like I always like I somehow even if I fought adversity, I like, you know, even in Australia, letting go of a scholarship is not really failure so i was like huh if i write a, okay this is gonna sound if i ever write a big book tomorrow or if i am to inspire young girls 
I will have never failed for them to really be like, what do you know about hardships? Or what do you really know about, you know, failing and facing your insecurity? So I remember that was the first time that thought came to my head. So that was really interesting. But I think that loss really added a layer to me because now I had lost on this national platform. And I was such a gracious loser because if you actually see me in the video, I'm smiling at this big grin. I wasn't pretending. I was just like, you know, I was like really like uh, amping up the winners. And I was like, oh, you go, you, you go, girl. I'm so proud of you. But it wasn't fake. And I was like, huh, that's who I am. And that really like shaped, I, it, it gave me this uh, validation to myself that I can do this. Like, I will not be a sore loser and cry. Like, I, I, I've got this. Like, this does not define me. And this is the last thing. But I think that was the first time in my life. Because when I was in school, I was a school captain. And I was like the basketball player. And I got this gold medal. And I got scholarship. And, you know, I was working. And even in Vodafone, like in Australia, I was getting promoted. But I think that loss really took those accolades away from me. Because now people who knew me in this country knew me, didn't know me at all, or the ones who did knew me as a loser. So it made me independent of my accolades and mm. the designations. So that okay, was a learning. So here's the interesting question. So you came in fourth place. So the three people that placed before you, have you looked them up? Have you stalked them on social media to see what they're doing today? Um, actually, I didn't. Um, Until today? No, I'm just kidding. Well, I actually, I, I don't, I really don't want to say this, but one of them married, is married to someone I know. So that's why I know. Ah. Let's not go into that. But, but Let's I go into that. No, I'm just no, I, but I did not come fourth though, because there's no fourth or fifth place. So I was in top five, but okay. I could have possibly been the last girl there as well. Though there's like this rumor on Wikipedia, but no one cares about it. Wait, what's the rumor on Wikipedia? That I was fourth. Ah, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, but there, there was no, there's no official statement. If well, anyone you know, watches. According to the great Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that was horrible. I mean, I'm used to it. I'm used to it from you. Sorry, guys, okay. it's so dark. I'm just trying to turn on the light without being too fidgety. Oh, you're fine. So, wait, what was your talent in the competition? Oh, God, you're going to make fun of me if I tell you. Probably uh, so, yeah. This is just like, you know, those high school movies where you go to this high school reunion and everyone's like, oh, my God, what did you do? Uh, let's just roast you. That's what this feels like. OK, so my talent is um, I love dancing. And also, if you haven't uh, checked my content, like I actually dance these days as well on my like like TikTok and Instagram on Reels. Uh, but I love dancing. So I actually did an interpretive dance. And I gave a speech. Yes, you can laugh now, Rob. It's okay. I am not going to laugh. You know, here's what's really interesting, though. You've helped a lot of companies uh, scale and bring visibility to those companies. But you say that you don't necessarily like social media for you personally and your personal brand. Why, why is that? Um, it's like to, the main reason is uh, it's to do with not being taken seriously, to be honest. 
Hmm. Um, the self-promotion, of course, but you see the culture that I come from is, is one of those cultures where one, I know how difficult it has been for me to be taken seriously as a woman. And I know it's been because I'm a woman, because I like I've heard people talk about it. Um, I've seen them treat me differently. So one is that it's I already struggled so much to be taken seriously. So what I made a point with my career was my work is going to speak for itself. I'm going to work hard. Like any job I get, I'm going to work hard and I'm going to prove them with my work. So I always put my head down and focused on that. And um, because, you know, we come from this modest culture and I was working in Nepal at that point, there was also this sense of, well, if you're really good at something, you don't have to tell it to people. They will speak on your behalf. And that's what everybody believes. And the other thing was also that the companies that I was tied up with, having to build that gravitas for myself to be taken seriously, uh, because, you know, when TikTok started, everyone was making fun of TikTokers. Like people were like, what's up with people, these young people just dancing? And it was, again, self-promotion. Um, so I know if I went into a meeting and they'd seen me somewhere doing one of these content, you know, like putting myself out there, they would not have taken me seriously. It would have been a backlash. The reason I can do it so freely now is because now I'm on my own journey. There's no one else that I have to do it for. I do it for myself. So that authenticity is very, very clean and clear. And I'm not thinking of some other company or their image, what they want to do with the brand at the back of my head. So it was actually all of these reasons why. And, you know, I think that's really interesting because you're talking about the cultural component there in Nepal. But if you look here, everybody's saying your personality is great. Everybody's saying they want you to write a book. Everyone is saying, so Martin said... Martin said, uh, he said, you have a great personality, great sense of humor. He said he Aww. needs that book. <laughs> and everyone else has been saying that as well. So, I mean. Thank you, I, Martin. I mean, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, for one, I'm glad that you stepped out or and are stepping out from beyond that. Because, I mean, we never would have become friends if you hadn't. Um, but, yeah. And I, what I, a yeah. great loss that would have been. <laughs> Wait, to who, though? You or me? You of course. I mean, see now, now it's coming. Now everyone can see what I have to put up with. But yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's real interesting how our environment shapes our thought, because you talk about how conservative it is there, and 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 how you have to be a certain way because of the expectations there. But you also left, and when you left and started experiencing the world, you had a lot to bring back. And now that you're back, tell everyone what you're doing now with the company that you started there and why you started it and, and all the good stuff. Let's just let's just dive right into that, because I think I think you you kind of come full circle with your life, your company, where you are now and the things that you want to do for Nepal. Oh, absolutely. So I um, so as I sort of sort of touched upon earlier, so I was I became like the CEO for a company in Nepal and. What happens when you do that is designation does matter somewhere, like con consciously, in the sense that you feel like you, there, there are peaks that you have to reach, right? Like there's a step that step that I want to get get to. And so for me, it was like, okay, I have the designation. Um, I was the first female head of an automotive company in Nepal, like not even just EV. And if you look at the world as a whole, uh, look at the leaders uh, of electric vehicles in general, like the electric industry, or if you, even if you look at automotive, there are very, very few women. 
So for me to have been heading at the helm of this company was, um, it really was the peak of my career to some extent because there was a lot, there was media coverage. There were a lot of people intrigued by how, how I was doing it. Um, so that, that was that. And then of course I moved to India and I was like heading the brand and demand unit for the country for an MNC. So I felt like, okay, this is going to be it. This is going to be it. And it just kept going. And it just, uh, I had reached a point in my life where I wasn't happy. Again, I was like, something is not right. Something else is calling me. So then the pandemic happened um, and me and my sister. So I'm actually currently um, in the process of establishing two startups. One is already launched. It's called Hivelayer. It's an e-learning platform. So for me and my sister, Hivelayer is a love letter to Nepal. It's a dedication. And what I mean by that is e-learning is, of course, a saturated market around the world. But in Nepal, it's still very new. And the fact that my sister and I have access to so many wonderful people, case in point, um, you know, who can actually be accessible to people in Nepal. Like the, We were blessed. We were, of course, very, very privileged to have met these people, to have traveled and gotten access to that kind of knowledge. So we wanted to make sure that that is available to people here. So we wanted to create a platform that made learning accessible to absolutely everybody. So no matter which village you are in in Nepal, no matter as, as, as long as you have connection to the internet, you should have access to knowledge and not just knowledge from smart people from the country or the experts itself. So we call them knowledge gurus on Hive Laya. That's the name of the company. Hive, this name is derived from Hive, basically beehives, how all the bees work together really hard and in harmony to make the honey happen. So Hive Laya has the, the brand colors also honey based. And Laya basically is a Nepali word that says like an institution. So that's where Hive Laya came from. And that's what we do in Hive Laya. We make learning accessible to absolutely everybody. Oh, thank you. Um, and the other startup, I am actually doing it on my own. And this, this is going to be in India. So as you can imagine, um, establishing two startups at the moment, after having done that for seven other companies, um, after having worked hard for seven startups in two MNCs, I was like, you know what? I got to do this for myself now. So that's the journey I'm on. Well, and, you know, I, I think it's so great that you're home and now you're giving back to home. And I think you have a lot to give. And, and here's what I'll say too: anyone who's watching this, listening to this, listening to the replay, contact Benina. And if you have knowledge that you can give to help that platform, Hi, you know I'm gonna say it wrong. Hivelaya, Hivelaya. Yes, bam! There you go. There you go. We I've been saying it wrong, before. but but anybody listening, if you have knowledge that you can give to the platform, get in contact because what we're looking for is to create a knowledge bank, a group of people who can help teach other people. And isn't that what life is all about? Helping each other, teaching each other, so that we can all improve as human beings. Um, I think it's a great initiative. And I've already told you, whenever you need me, just call. I'm there. Maybe not exactly when you need me because you got that 15 minute time difference there that I have to contend with. But, <laughs> you know, I couldn't stay too serious for too long. But, but no, in, in all seriousness, um, I, I'm just I think it's a wonderful initiative. I've already been on the website. I've already signed up. I think I signed up for the free course that you're doing on leadership on the website. Yes, it's been booked out. We booked out in three days. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's awesome. And I think this is Jenny who's saying that that is just beautiful. So, yeah, Jenny, reach out. 
she could use some of your expertise on the platform as well. Absolutely. Well, I really oh appreciate it. Look, Martin said someone is cutting onions near him. <laughs> Martin, that's, a, that's a good one, Martin. I like that. You know, and you see, I've kept it strong for the podcast, right? I kept my composure here. But no, I, I, um, when you, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so look, give everybody the website address, though. How can they find either of the initiatives? Because the second one hasn't launched yet, right? Second one hasn't launched. Um, I'm in the process of just getting it set up. Uh, we're very close to it. The second one is more to do with, again, um, I'm I'm a passionate person. I cannot do anything, again, like I said, without my heart in it. So you've, both these companies, they have a bigger goal. Like, for me, it's always, like, like and this I never go small scales it's always like humanity level what's the kind of impact it can have so even the second company I am really focusing on I wanted to create a platform that's more inclusive and something that has been a focus of mine is it's something that we struggled with hive layer um, is that finding knowledge gurus who are women so I was trying to find women who are who can come on board especially from Nepal itself because we need representation it matters but it's so difficult to find women and I, it just shocks me, the fact that it is, because I've been, it's almost like a campaign that I started. I've been reaching out to people. And something I realized is my approach is almost wrong because I'm reaching out to women when I'm not reaching out to younger girls. We need to start young. So I need to change my strategy. So that's why I'm creating a lot more content because I'm like, okay, I need to reach out to a younger audience because they need to know what is possible. And so... That's what, so even with the second platform I'm focusing on, it's a social commerce. And one thing that I wanted to do was make sure that all body sizes and people, women especially, feel good about themselves because shopping, you look at most e-commerce sites, they're focused on women, especially the fashion industry. And what they feed on is in the insecurity, right? And the e-commerce sales have gone up because people are feeding the insecurity with buying. And I wanted to change that. So my second platform is also focusing on inclusiveness and on making sure that if you are buying something, I want a woman in front of you who looks like you to say, I feel so beautiful in my skin and you to feel the same. So with Hivla and both these companies, the second company is called Pasa Pasa, by the way, which is a Nepali word. Um, it means a shopping buddy. So it means your virtual shopping buddy. That's what we are. So these two are the, so with Hivla, please log in to www.hivla.com. We are on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere you say we're there. Um, and I will be launching Pasa Pasa soon. So stay tuned and hopefully I'll see some of you guys there. Now, look, tell everybody how I'm going to say it wrong to Pasa Pasa. Is that right? Yes how it works because it's a pretty cool concept we've talked about it tell everybody what that's going to look like and how it's going to work oh that's where it gets a little tricky because i am talking to a couple of companies for seed investment and all of that so i'm trying to finesse out the details um, but when it comes to social commerce all 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 that you're doing is when you're buying something the thing that pasa pasa actually does is make sure that you get the right size and you're also getting the right quality because the biggest fail about online shopping is, you know, you you order Ryan Gosling and you end up getting Robert. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why we're trying to fix this puzzle puzzle. We're like, we want Ryan Gosling. <laughs> that was wrong. horrible. 
<laughs> I am sorry. I had to. I mean, how long did you expect me to keep a straight face? But um, with Pasa Pasa, what is going to happen is when you log in, um, you put in your height and weight. Um, and what brand, you don't need to give any other information besides that. So you put in your height and weight, um, you give in your uh, clothing type and the brand that you want to buy it from. We give you your size in the beginning. And eventually what I want the platform to be able to do is it'll match you to someone who is a pasa, which basically means a friend. And they will try on the clothes and you only buy clothes that you can see someone else wear real time. That's Now the concept. That, that is just... Like, that is really, really cool. Um, I think we need some of that over here because I'd love to see, like, Ryan Gosling try on clothes for me because, you know, <laughs> we've got the same body type and stuff, right? Sure. Yep, absolutely. I can tell myself that. It doesn't necessarily have to be true. I'm just following my heart. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what? I, whoever is listening to this, I'm just sorry you can't see our expressions because they're really gold. So... Yeah. Now, the people on LinkedIn can see us. You're the lucky ones. You get to see all the drama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you get to see the sarcasm at its finest. But, you know, <laughs> I, um, somebody's saying, wow, that's a huge concept. Oh, that's Jenny. Okay, so Jenny's saying, yeah, a huge concept. And, and Jenny is now laughing at us or with us. Who knows which one? Or maybe She's it's a combination of both. Course. Now, Martin is saying that he and Denzel look alike. I can see the resemblance, Martin. I got it. I'm with you, my man. Denzel. Denzel. Yeah. I'm going with Will Smith for me. Men in black. Yeah. I don't know why Ryan Gosling came to my mind. Because I was just watching Crazy Stupid Love. And I was just trying to be like, yeah, it didn't work. I should have said Will Smith. That would have been so much better next time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, Jenny says she's laughing at me. Gee, thanks, Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been episode number 17 of the Corporate Quitters Podcast. And today we've had with us the multi-talent Pananya KC, who is just, you know, an awesome person. Find her on LinkedIn, find her on YouTube. By the way, her YouTube channel is it's really cool because um and I don't I think I told you this before. What I like about it is it's very raw. It is very authentic. And I know you told me you like it because it's you and you can put yourself out there without uh, having to really hide who you are. But it, it is it is it is you. And uh, I haven't checked out your TikTok because I'm not a big fan of TikTok. This is not not my thing, but I, I might at some point. It's uh, the age. <laughs> it probably is. You're right. I mean, no, I'm really sorry. Is. I'm just something in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. You can say it. It is the age. It is the age. I, I mean, I feel old there. I really oh, do. I'm like, yeah, really? okay. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not gonna go there because you're you're not old. But so yeah, we're not. We're not gonna even go there. Now you may feel old, but that's because you've been trying to play basketball and got your butt beat a bunch of times. So that's. I mean, that's what that was. Wow. Had to go back there. <laughs> but no. But no, um, you guys got to check her out. And again, any resources that have knowledge that want to be a part of a platform that's trying to spread knowledge throughout Nepal, please do get in touch. In the show notes, we're going to drop everything from Instagram. Wait, yeah. You, yeah, you're on Instagram too, right? Yeah. Instagram to YouTube to um, LinkedIn. 
we're going to drop all of her contact information. And Charlene is coming in at the end talking about, hey, everyone. Hey, Charlene. No, I was just going to say, Charlene, you missed out uh, some really good burns towards Rob. So you might want to catch on that. <laughs> yeah, you really got to catch the replay because everybody's been coming down on me today. It's like everybody just messed with Rob Day, you know. I mean, I if someone really Drake. watches this, they'll know who's the bad guy. So, yeah. Or the bad girl. Sure. sure. <laughs> All right. No, but no, no, Charlene. Uh, look, I'm just joking with you. Charlene says, my bad. Charlene, you know I'm just joking. You're always welcome. You always bring a good time whenever you're around. Um, but no, in all seriousness, this has been fun. So what's one thing you want to leave everyone with before we go? Ooh, you really had to leave a heavy one there, didn't you? Yes. Um, this is this is going to sound really crazy, but um, this is something that I've been focusing on a lot. And this is what my messaging is at the moment, because it took me a long time to discover that for myself. Um, it's just accepting and loving who you are. And it sounds very, oh, oh there was a halo now when I need it, but... I've known this ever since I was a young girl because my dad's always told me, um, you know, love yourself and put yourself first. And we always think it's a selfish thing to do. And, um, you know, this, I say this to you a lot, Rob, but it's particularly because of the culture that I come from. I focus on a lot of women, but I know men go through it too, that insecurity, that feeling not enough, feeling not good enough, and also feeling like if you focus on yourself, it's a selfish thing to do. But it's taken me a long time to come to that you know, that aha moment to just accept who I am, love it. And the thing that I want to leave you with is acceptance doesn't mean that I'm not saying that I don't need to grow. Acceptance also means that I am good where I am and there's so much more I can do, but that doesn't mean I'm not enough at the moment. And that is what I want to leave you with, that you are enough at the moment. That doesn't mean that you don't stop growing because you do. When you love yourself, you also focus on investing in yourself and growing yourself. And it took me a long time to realize that. And I hope it doesn't take you a long time to realize that. So don't forget to put yourself first. Wow. And that's the perfect way to sign off. Thank you for tuning in to the Corporate Quitters Podcast. If you like this episode, go to your favorite podcasting platform and give us a five-star rating. I think we deserve it, don't you? If you want to know more, go to thecorporatequitters.com. Again, that is thecorporatequitters.com. You'll find articles. You'll find apparel. That's right. We've got merch. You'll find ways to contact us and to keep in touch with us. www.thecorporatequitters.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.